that's a really cool aspect about this project that you're highlighting in all these 50 states. You know, there's the, even Alaska, that's so far away from, from Florida. <laughs> you know, like, and yet these people are thrown together. They all speak a common language. They're all work to be able to work together and they have the same common value of, you know, respect and honoring freedom and, and doing what, you know, what they felt was their duty and what was right. That's just so unique and amazing. And I think one of the things that people admire so much about the men who, and women who fought in World War II. You're listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast, and I'm your host, Tatiana Fallon. This podcast is run by the organization Stories Behind the Stars. We have the goal of writing a story for every service American service member killed during World War II. That's over 420,000. We are accomplishing this goal through amazing volunteers who you will hear in this podcast as they research and write these stories. If you're at all interested in becoming a volunteer and researching and writing these stories, please check us out at storiesbehindthestars.org. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you enjoy this amazing content that we're finding. This is part two of an episode I did with researcher and author Rona Simmons. There's a link in the show notes that uh, is takes you to her website to check out the books that she's written and her newest book just came out and it's pretty amazing do you have any other stories that you found in your research doing the 50 state project you want to share with us oh gosh um of course i had some from pearl harbor as i mentioned um one from the uss indianapolis i did a gentleman from georgia when we there were eight men on the uss indianapolis um and so i did all eight georgians from there and that actually is the only thing else I'll add is uh, that set me on my next path. Um, I, I thought, well, since I live in Georgia, I ought to look at who else, you know, if there's any interesting stories from here. And uh, so I, I set myself a new challenge after finishing the 50 states. Georgia has 159 counties. And so <laughs> I am now researching um, one soldier, sailor, marine, whatever, from each of our 159 counties. Uh, and I, luckily I went back and I had already done some for some of the other projects like the Indianapolis and I'm up to 32 counties. So I only have 120 more to go. <laughs> and uh, so I hope to, I hope to get those done this year and uh, well before the end of the year, but we'll see. But uh, so while I, when I started volunteered to help with the Arlington project. I said, just send me Georgia. <laughs> I've got it. That way I get, um, I can tick a box in the Arlington and I'm a box in the Georgia uh, stories as well. So um, there, there are just so many stories, um, odd ones that you find. And um, it, you know, I, I don't look necessarily for the really, oh, this one's going to be so exciting. It's just good to put information around someone who has a relative that no one knows anything about and hopefully find their picture and hopefully create their little profile and then but every once in a while you stumble on just a fascinating subject and uh, and you'll often find that there are books written 
about a number of these incidents, not always, um, but I did find one gentleman who was with the OSS, which was a precursor to the CIA. And he was, um, his name was um, Tibor, um, and I can't even pronounce the last name. It's a bunch of long owls <laughs> and consonants. Uh, but he was um, sent into Europe to, because of his languages, he, uh, he went into Europe to help rescue some downed pilots uh, with a secret mission. And we actually landed uh, B-17s again in this, on a secret air base to try to round up these uh, uh, airmen who had been downed and were hiding out in the woods and farmlands. And they, um, that, while well, there were missions that were successful in getting some of the people out, this one was not. And he was actually captured along with his entire group and they were rounded up and taken to a prisoner of war camp and unfortunately executed by the Germans. So um, they, that he and his group, none of them made it out, but um, they, they, did a, they, they did rescue and send home some American air, airmen that were down, but none from this group of spies or um, rescue mission people on, on his particular group. So That would um, make a really good movie. Or even like I'm a sure Netflix it probably TV is. series. Like, yeah. like I said, there were there was there's been a, at least one book written about it. So um, when you start digging, you think, "Gosh, this would make a great book." And then you look down some of their sources. There's, there are two or three names of books, and so if you're intrigued, you can always go read more. Wow, that's that's really that's the thing about it. It's like every time you do a new name, it's like you learn a whole new side of the war. And I especially think doing the Arlington project right now, you're going to start pulling those, those really unique stories because what did they do to get buried to Arlington? It's going to be, going to be unique, you know? So, um, that's what I'm kind of excited for this project just to just see like from all, and they're all over the, the country, you know, again, that theme of just all over the country coming together and, being so distanced. One of the things that I thought of while you were talking though about how this crew of 10, you know, that they're from, you know, eight different states, but I think geographically, you know, the difference between Massachusetts and Texas, Texas is probably the same distance between like, you know, Greece and, and, and Northern France, right? <laughs> like that geographically it's that distant. And it's just, just a testament to the uniqueness of, you know, America's, democratic experience that we can have this huge huge geographical difference between these people and back then you know people weren't moving all over the country all the time you know if they were born there generationally they were probably born there as well or they were immigrants you know but they weren't like all over the country and then here they are thrown together and they can get along for the most part I mean I'm sure there was those who oh, didn't yeah. there are those stories but, too but. yeah there's those stories too but like it's just a testament to the uniqueness of of what America is it's like you can come and you can be different and those differences are honored and respect but those differences also empower us to get along really well with this common common dream of of this democracy that we live in and I just think that's, that's such an interesting because in my head, I'm like, you couldn't get somebody from Greece and somebody from Northern France to be able to get a plane to work and like run properly. There's no way you could do that. Like, and I was like, what other continents? I'm like, okay, well, if you were to put America in that same distance in China, 
in China, you'd have people who speak completely different dialects of Chinese. They couldn't work it out. No, I just kept going through my head. Like there's no other place where geographically you could have boys from such far distances get together, work it out and be successful. And so I think that's a really cool aspect about this project that you're highlighting in all these 50 states. You know, there's even Alaska, that's so far away from from Florida. (laughs) And yet these people are thrown together. They all speak a common language. They're all work to be able to work together and they have the same common value of, you know, respect and honoring freedom and and doing what, you know, what they felt was their duty and what was right. That's just so unique and amazing. And I think one of the things that people admire so much about the men who and women who fought in World War II. So yeah. well, we wouldn't be here or without them having done what the, they did. And you know, gosh, I, I that's another question I ask myself when I um, write some of these stories is, uh, you know, when, as we were talking before about the terrors and, and just the you know, difficulties. You you get on a ship and you're at someone else's mercy. You're just there for the ride. You get on a plane and you're, you know, if you're not the pilot, you're also there, you know, trusting in the pilot. And, um, you know, I, I asked myself, could I, at 18 or 20, could I have done that? You know, much less today. Um, and, and do I think our 18 and 20 year olds today would be able to answer the call if that came? And I, I, I hope I hope they could. I hope they never have to have that call come. Yeah, I know. I I feel that same, same. I've had that same thought similar. I think, you know, people step up when they're called to step up, you know, but I was, I was talking to my brother. He, he works in the intelligent agencies um, for, for the government. And he just called me and he was kind of upset about what's happening in Ukraine right now and everything. And and, um, and, you know, he also spent time living in Odessa, so he's very familiar with that region and um, speaks Russian and Ukrainian and Sergic. And so it's upsetting to him because he's, that's where he has a lot of friends and people he loves. And, and so we were just talking about it. And he says, the thing that makes me so upset about all of this is during World War II, we could say to the country, you know, Americans fight for freedom and democracy because it's the best thing on the planet that's ever existed (laughs) to keep people free. And he's like, I don't know if we could say that today and people would agree. And they disagree on the fact that democracy is this amazing thing that even though it's got tons of flaws and there's lots of problems, it's way better and, and so anyways, we have this huge long discussion about um, like, cause he's like the people in Ukraine, cause you know, he knows the people in Ukraine, they don't want to lose what they have because they know what life is like under authoritative, you know, regimes. And, and he's like, and if we don't help people see that America, even though we're flawed, we really are way better than other options. And I thought that was just really insightful because as I've been doing this research, on World War II, I think that's really what, I mean, I don't think the people thought America was perfect in what we were doing, you know, but they thought, you know, this is way better option than all these other authoritative regimes that are are not letting individuals and people choose. So I think that's just really, I, I love this project you've done. It's been, it's so cool to see the whole country the, all, from all over the, every state pitching in and contributing and the men, just stepping up. It's amazing. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. All right. So my last question for you is, um, uh, I kind of want to ask, how do you start your, these personal projects? Because I mean, we have a lot of people who are doing things. They've started to get their feet wet as a, as a researcher and they take names and they just kind of, you know, just the, what if they're looking for something, how would they start like a personal initiative? Is it just an idea that comes to you or it's like, Oh, would this be interesting? I think early on, um, when I started, I just took a couple of names that uh, I don't even recall how we first got names assigned, but I did. But then I thought, I wonder, um, my last name is Simmons. And I thought, I wonder what if there are other Simmonses out there that I might find. And I thought that would be really interesting because um, my family is a very small family. My father didn't have, a, he had a, a brother and a sister and there weren't, there weren't like lots of cousins named Simmons. So I, I knew that these were not going to people be people that were related to me, but someone else might have a really large uh, second generation, third generation immigrant and say, well, I wonder if any of the Milnes or Fallons or, you know, are out there and what they might have done. Somebody maybe that I don't know, I'll find a cousin or, or somehow related. So that, I mean, that's just at a personal level. Um, so th that was easy to find because you can just go through lists and look for Simmonses. And I did about a dozen of them, maybe eight or uh, 10 to 12. And, you know, I, I'd like to say I found something just, just fascinating. In my case, I didn't. <laughs> but again, I completed 10 people with the last name Simmons. And that's when I started thinking, well, what if um, I, you know, did each state or each county? Um, and uh, I, I think it's, if you can find an interest, let's say you are more interested in the Navy or like you, the bombers in the Pacific or the men who were on a, um, you know, the 100th bomb group, which is where my father-in-law was. If there's a movie you like, like Memphis Bell, I mean, okay, there's, there's a bomber, there's 10 guys and what they did. And there you, I, like I say, I think you get sucked in. You, you can't just do the pilot. You have to do all those other men. Um, so, you know, or pick a battle, Battle of the Bulge, and just look at what unit was there. So I think if you take something that either personally, like your last name, or if you have an uncle or cousin who was in a unit, or you have a geographic interest, or um, a particular side of, you know, one of the military branches, um, all those are... Or, or um, I think when I was doing the research for my prior book, I wrote about a guy who was with the um, Quartermaster Corps, but he was with Graves Registration. And I didn't know what Graves Registration was at the time. And these are the men who gathered the bodies after a battle and identified them so they knew how to uh, report their death to their family, but they had to identify them from whatever might remain, whether it was a name tag or dog tags or um, you know, dental charts, whatever. But I thought, what a horrific job that these guys had to do night after night. And they have some fascinating stories. Um, so you could, you could say, well, I want to know more about, you know, this was one man I found and his group that worked with him. But you could say, I want, you know, there's got to be another one in every uh, core um, that fought in every battle because they, you know, it's not like today where we medevac people or you know, take the bodies and fly them out. They were buried in Europe. Um, there were 350 cemeteries in Europe 
when we left the war or when we finished the war. And the, the, like the American cemetery in Normandy or in the Netherlands, the 29 that now exist around the world, they came from these 350. They had to be exhumed and, and moved to be um, uh, reinterred in one of our cemeteries. Or um, given the families were given their choice whether they wanted to leave their soldiers in Europe or, or their fallen or brothers or sisters or fathers or uncles there or have them repatriated and some did but many of them i think i'll say two-thirds i can't remember them more left them there than had them brought home but that meant if these quartermasters hadn't done their job saying john smith is in this row this grave in this town there's no way they would have been able to go get those people and move them and and then give them a tombstone with their name so i mean just a you think talk logistics, um, there's another phenomenal effort that went on. And um, so I, I think, uh, you know, it, whether you're a cook or a pilot or a combat engineer, or it's people that made the roads, um, you know, built the, one gentleman I interviewed did nothing, I say did nothing. He, for his entire year overseas, repaired he was a welder. He repaired one type of part for the one type of aircraft the entire time he was there, which just tells you how many of these things were getting damaged. But that was his job to take this piece off this aircraft and then reweld it. And he had to know how to do that so obviously it could fly again. So, you know, if you're a welder, you might be interested in those guys who did welding and, and you can find those people. Um, so all it takes is a little bit of digging to find kind of something that piques your interest and, and then you're off to the races. I think that's wonderful advice. You know, once you kind of get your feet wet, you take some names, you kind of get used to how to do the, you know, really can make your own personal project and dive in and, and start. I know we've gotten several people emailing us saying, Hey, can I do this personal project? And I think, you know, I don't think you need permission necessarily for us to jump in unless you're wanting, like it's a huge project and you want some other people to help you. We can maybe funnel some people towards you to volunteer. But like, I think that's a wonderful idea of just like, you know, focus on something that really interests you, something you really know really well, and then dive in and start finding all those connections and pieces. And, and I think it, you'll, you'll be well fulfilled in your research. So um, thank you so much for uh, coming on here today. Is there anything else you'd like to say to our listeners or any, any advice, any, any closing remarks? I just say if um, I always love to help people, uh, I've done, as I think we started this conversation, I've done research all my life and I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I'd be happy if anybody has an issue or just says, well, I heard what you said and I still can't find this or I don't know how to go about something. I know we have many resources that uh, you and Don have put up on the websites, but if somebody just wants to talk through just what we were talking about, finding an interest or how you go about finding a quartermaster or a, a welder or something like that that may not be in a video of how to do that. Um, just drop me an email, give me a call. I'm, I'm, I help and I'm more than happy to do that. So feel free. That's one thing that I really love about the community of volunteers we're building is just how awesome and helpful they all are. You know, they're just, it's really supportive and 
I remember I was talking to Emily who did the D-Day. Uh, she ran the D-Day um, database and she said it was just like she built a whole new family mm -hmm. of, of friends that she knows all over the country that she has, you know, you know, a, a friendship with that's really strong. And I think that's kind of a cool part about we're such a niche group or niche <laughs> group. You know, it's like, oh, finally, someone who loves to spend hours of their life like researching, it's, it's comforting to know that you're not alone, you know. And you're not so. alone. There are lots of us out there. <laughs> yeah. Our passion. So, yeah, absolutely. Reach out. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. This is amazing content. I think that will really help our listeners on their journey towards finding these names and telling these stories. And um, thanks for your research. It's phenomenal to see what you have done. And I'll definitely put a link to your website so people can go find your new book and your other books. Um, very well written. And um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this episode of the podcast. A few things to be aware of. We are in the middle of our Arlington project. It's a national project. We're trying to get all of the World War II buried in Arlington, a story and our app so that you, anyone of the millions of people who visit Arlington every year can actually see a picture or read a story of those that they visit. And it's a really awesome project. So we're going to have some great content. So if you're interested in that at all, check us out at www.storiesbehindthestars.org and click the volunteer button to join the Star Corps and become one of our writers. Another thing, I have not been able to launch these podcasts at a weekly basis as I used to be um, for myriad of reasons. Mostly my two-year-old stopped taking a nap, so there went my volunteer time. So um, if you subscribe, you'll get these episodes when they launch. Um, and if you want to help us uh, fund a lot of our back-end things that we have to pay for, um, like the website and the VPN. We've created a uh, Patreon account where you can go check that out, become a Patreon member, and um, support us that way to help us pay some of the, the fees that are associated with running a big project like that. So we appreciate all of our volunteers. We appreciate everything that you've done for us, and hope to see you next episode.